Welcome to Mercola Healthy Pets Integrative Veterinary Medicine Awareness Week. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and as a part of our 10-year anniversary celebration, I'll be interviewing some pretty amazing colleagues who practice integrative and functional medicine. Starting this week, you can also nominate your vet or a local rescue or an inspiring individual in your community to be the recipient of our new Healthy Pets Game Changer Award. I hope that you'll tune in every day this week to be inspired and educated by passionate healers from around the world. And don't forget to nominate that special someone that you know that has gone above and beyond to help animals. Again, thank you so much for your support. Hey, I'm Dr. Karen Becker and helping me celebrate Integrative Veterinary Medicine Awareness Week is Dr. Gary Richter, who is a fantastic integrative veterinarian in in sunny California. Dr. Richter, you have been practicing in medicine for years and years and years, and you've had multiple practices, but you've also, um, I'm well aware of all of the specialties that kind of you have acquired in terms of your passion for herbal medicine and a variety of other things. But back up and tell me, walk us through how you gained some of these additional tools in your tool belt after veterinary school. Sure. So um, uh, thanks for having me. It's great to be yeah. here. Um, you know, so it's interesting because when I was a veterinary student, I was, I was the wildlife guy. My, my sole focus was I was going to wind up being like a wildlife and zoo vet. And that's like the direction that I was heading in. And when I was, uh, when I was a junior in vet school, I had the opportunity to watch, um, to watch an acupuncturist treat a horse that to make a long story short, everybody had written this horse off for dead. Um, and an acupuncturist came in and within three days, this horse was healthy and going home. Um, and it was a real eye opener for me from the perspective of there are things outside of the box of conventional veterinary medicine that I was being taught in vet school um, that could really make a huge difference in patients. Um, you know, fast forward several years, I was in practice for a, a number of years in California, um, kind of quite frankly, the whole concept of becoming a wildlife veterinarian sort of had fallen off by the wayside for reasons that are not relevant to this conversation. <laughs> um, but I got to a point in my career where, you know, I mean, as doctors, you know, we all know that, that you get to a point with most chronic patients where you sort of run out of road as far as the treatment algorithm goes. Like there's just nothing left to do that you haven't already done. And it really just never sat great with me that I had to have a conversation with a client to say, I'm sorry, there's nothing else we can do. Take your dog home, take your cat home and, you know, let us know when it's time to say goodbye. Um, and that kind of led me, you know, that coupled with my previous experience in veterinary school, that led me to start investigating things like acupuncture and chiropractic and herbal therapy. And what I found was, is that the more of these, these various modalities that you learn, the more viable and effective treatment options that you find out about for these animals that heretofore you were at the end of your rope from a treatment perspective. Um, and just on both a personal and a professional level, it's so much more rewarding to be able to tell people there's still things that we can do. Um, and I think that that, you know, that for me has been, has been one of the things that, you know, that, that keeps me going as a veterinarian is that there's always more things to learn. There's always new things to discover as far as what we can do to help our patients. And you, you know, Gary, this has been a recurrent theme. I've interviewed over a dozen doctors and every single doctor, from my perspective, the largest differentiating factor between 
every integrative veterinarian that I've interviewed so far and my conventional colleagues has been a spirit of inquisitiveness and the burning desire to never have to say those words to a client. Um, so out of, out of the perpetual desire to keep learning and knowing that we've got critically ill patients that, that they're coming to us with a little bit of pressure to help them extend their quality and quality of life, we end up going back to get additional training. When you mm -hmm. felt that pressure, what did your what did your conventional colleagues or the people you were practicing with did they were they inspired by what you were learning and did they think that you were falling off the deep end what was what was the barometer of your colleagues in your area thinking this was a grand idea or that you were just clearly now lost <laughs> <laughs> that's a funny question because i remember when i first started doing acupuncture in practice i had a conversation uh with my wife and i remember telling her just so you know I'm about to become that guy. Yeah. Um, but that said, what I have found, at least as far as my professional colleagues out here in the, in the, you know, in California, in the Bay Area, is that while a lot of conventional medical practitioners don't seem to have sort of room in their head or the motivation to learn some of these modalities, most of them are very open to these modalities as being potentially useful. So, I mean, I think it's rare to run into a, even a fully conventional veterinarian who says, yeah, acupuncture, Chinese medicine, herbal medicine, there's absolutely nothing there of value. I think it's just a function of, you know, just like, you know, when I see a complex neurological case, I send that dog to the neurologist because I have not taken the time to train myself at that level to deal with complex neurology. And I think a lot of veterinarians look at, look at alternative medicine in the same way in so much as, you know what, they may not want to go out and learn acupuncture, but they're willing to have somebody else do it on their behalf. That is fantastic. And really, to me, that's, that's the ideal situation where, you know, we can't all be fantastic at everything. So if your conventional colleagues are referring to you as being yes. that guy, the guy, I don't want to say the bottom of the barrel, but we all have built our practices on cases that no one else could fix or have given up on, or there was nothing that conventional medicine can offer. So they try something alternative or sure. integrative. Um, but that is wonderful that you have this, this dynamic referral network set up. That's Awesome. And that's exactly how I think the system is meant to work. So that is wonderful that that is working out exactly as, an, as in my opinion, it should be in your area. Yeah. Are you finding um, when you, you're, you have developed a, amassed a tremendous amount of research pertaining to cannabis or CBD in pets, did you, was that just a natural curiosity or were you looking for alternative pain management or how did you end up investing a lot of your time researching herbs, particularly for pets? Well, I mean, herbs, you know, in the, in the broader sense, herbs, I mean, I think that, I think, you know, I, I look at herbs as just another branch of, of, of pharmacology in a mm -hmm. sense. It's, you know, it's, it's just drugs in a different form. So, I mean, I first started using herbs because I'd learned, I'd learned, Chinese medicine and acupuncture and started using Chinese herbs. Um, then I, you know, then I sort of really expanded and discovered the whole sort of uh, uh, formulary out there for Western herbs as well. Um, and there's just, there's just so much out there um, that, that can be really effective for these patients, sometimes for things that Western medicine doesn't work for. Sometimes 
it works just as well as Western medicines do, and you can get them off stuff like NSAIDs or, or, or you know, medications that may have potential long-term side effects. Speaking to the cannabis question, you know, more specifically, uh, you know, living here in the Bay Area, living here in Oakland, uh, you know, I feel like it was probably inevitable that this was going to happen. I mean, we're kind of at the epicenter of, uh, you know, of the cannabis movement in California and, and, and thus the country. Um, but it kind of started because, you know, on the one hand, as I said, I mean, I'm always looking for what's that next thing that, that can be helpful for our patients. Um, but I happened to have a client in the office who owned a dispensary and we were just, just having a chat and I was telling him, wow, you know, I'm really interested in potentially using cannabis as medicine in my patients, but there's no products out there that I feel like I know well enough that I feel like I can trust that I feel like, you know, I could tell my clients go use this. And he was able to sort of connect me with somebody in the Bay Area, kind of a, a, a you know a couple of artisan cannabis medicine makers that have been that have been doing this for for years and years and years, and they're just coincidentally happened. You know, they're they're big animal lovers too, and he connected me with these with these two people. Their names are uh, Paul Hansberry and Susan Tibbon, um, and I sat down with them and we chatted, and they literally put together formulas based on our conversations. Wow. And that was what really got things started was because all of a sudden there were products that I knew were formulated specifically for animals. I knew exactly what was in them. I trusted the people making them. And that's what really kind of got things going of, of really looking into using cannabis and animals mm -hmm. and seeing how it can be helpful. That's awesome. And because you had local resources there that you could work with, then you kind of had a built-in R&D where you could go back and reformulate as necessary. A little bit, that's, yep. that's wonderful. So about what year was that, Gary? How long ago was it that you were that able to That probably would have been, I guess, ballparky around maybe 2015, possibly 2016. That's great. That's wonderful. And are you finding, uh, are you finding cannabis to be used in a variety are you using it in a variety variety of different ways within your practice oh yeah absolutely um i mean i've seen it be efficacious for for things like pain and arthritis um which is borne out by the by the veterinary studies that have happened since i have seen it be efficacious for animals with seizures again borne out by now veterinary studies um, but I've also used it for other things. I've used it for, for, for gastrointestinal trouble. Uh, I've used it for anxiety. Uh, I've used it to, to help maintain quality of life in cancer patients. Um, and, you know, I mean, like everything else, it's not, it's not the end all be all. It's not going to work for everything. Um, but it does work a lot of the times and it does work frequently in ways that pharmaceuticals can't quite get done. Yeah. Um, and the other nice thing about it is, is it's, Speaking broadly, it gets along just fine with pharmaceuticals, which means generally you can use it all together and get an additive benefit. Yeah, such good information. And we so appreciate people like you that are literally involved with doing the research or at, to be able to give all of us more information. Obviously, that's critical for veterinarians to feel comfortable with using new medicinals like cannabis or or any new herbal hitting the market, you, the, your piece of the puzzle, you you know, being that intermediary person, being able to help supply researchers what they need to work with dispensaries and the people producing it, I think that you're, what you're doing is very important for, for all of us having peace with the introduction of some of these 
new herbal medications being introduced to the market. So we appreciate your guidance when it comes to that particular topic. Gary, if you, if you could offer a tidbit or a word of advice or a point of inspiration for both pet parents and conventional veterinarians about integrative medicine, what would you share with both of those categories of people? It's a, it's a really good question. Um, and I think, I think there's a couple things that I would share with people. Um, you know, the first one, which is something you full well know that, that preventative medicine is always the better way to go. Um, it's always easier to prevent a problem than it is to treat it after the fact. So from an integrative medicine standpoint, what that means is that we seriously have to think about what, what our patients and what our pets are eating. Um, that we have to look at, you know, what supplements that maybe we could put them on that could be beneficial. And, 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 and along the same lines, we also have to look at what pharmaceutical medications are they on that maybe they don't need to be on. Um, you know, I think it's, 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 it's almost like a knee-jerk reaction, uh, you know, for a lot of people and a lot of veterinarians to have animals on year-round flea and tick preventative and heartworm preventative. Both of those products have a lot, of, a lot of use and a lot of utility, but depending on where you live and the lifestyle of your pet, it may not be a situation where they need to be on these medications year-round. So again, you know, I mean, I think we have to think of, of long-term issues here. Uh, so that would be the one thing. And then the other thing that I would say is when, when things do go wrong, when, when a pet gets sick, uh, I think it's always a good idea to not only look at sort of treating the symptoms per se, or treating the disease uh, in, in the way that Western medicine tends to focus on, but we also wanna make sure that we're really supporting the patient as a whole. Uh, you know, I mean, if we, if we just have like laser focus on the fact that, okay, this dog has hip arthritis, you know, it may be that over time, we cause problems with his GI tract, his liver, his kidneys, et cetera. We have to look we have to look at our patients and our pets as more than a collection of symptoms. They are, they are a whole body system that, that we should be working with while we're also alleviating suffering. Yeah, beautiful. Articular, art, articulate and well-spoken and wise words, Dr. Gary Richter. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom during our Integrative Veterinary Medical Awareness Week. We appreciate everything that you're doing, and we appreciate your vast contribution to help not just with the awareness of cannabis being used as medicine, but also with the, uh, with the research part of it. You're doing a whole lot to help put all of our questions and concerns to rest. So thank you so much for participating mightily in, in this profession that we love so dearly. Oh, thank you. It's been great to have you.